Doctor Who is about to end for the season, but Walking Dead is beginning this season. We'll talk about that more on today's episode of the Geek Watch Podcast. This is the Geek Watch Podcast with Brian Hatcher and Mandy Petrie. Geek Watchers, and welcome to episode 102 of the Geek Watch Podcast, the show where we talk about what geeks love to watch. I'm Brian Hatcher, and with me, as always, Geek Watch's own resident geek goddess, Mandy Petrick. Hey, Brian. So, you finally started watching Doctor Who again. Oh, uh, yeah. I, I really only, you know, missed uh, one, two. I can't remember. Yeah, I really, I hadn't missed that much, but it was uh, to the point where, you know, I, w- I was losing my... Losing my fandom, losing my faith. Yeah, well, well, you're back, and we're definitely going to talk about that. Mm-hmm. And, of course, we're also going to talk about that... Uh, season, or mid-season opener. mid-season opener mm-hmm. for, uh, the wa- for The Walking Dead. Dead. But before we do that, I wanted to talk to you about something. Uh, this was uh, announced yesterday. Bob Iker is uh, stepping down as C- of CEO of Disney. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, he'd been talking about doing it for a while, but then all this stuff started developing, and he stayed on, and he stayed on, and stayed mm-hmm. on, and now that... Disney Plus is a thing, and it's rolling. He's decided, okay, now he's going to step down. He's going to be replaced by Bob Chapek, because obviously you have to have the name Bob if you're going to be a CEO. I guess so. But uh, Bob Iger is going to be sticking around, although he is stepping down immediately, and Bob Chapek is taking over. He's still going to stick around for another 22 months, they said, to advise. Mm -hmm, The uh, transitional period? Yeah. Okay. Now, the thing about it is when I, I was like, Bob Chapek, who is that? Who do I know that from? He used to be chairman of the park system. So Disneyland, Disney World, and all that. Oh, okay. Now, if anybody's been keeping up with that, mm-hmm. they know that uh, the parks, the Disney World, Disneyland, has been the one part of Disney that's not doing as well as everything else. They're it- actually losing money. Are you, really? That I'm surprised by that. I mean, I thought you know they had just built all this stuff. They'd built Star Wars and yeah, all kinds did. of stuff going on. I thought yeah. they had. Oh I thought yeah, they were def- doing well. Yeah, they, I mean they are. They are definitely building, and that sort of thing. But the parks have been losing money for sure, and um, not not saying that this is going to be the downfall of Disney to put uh, Bob Chapek in charge. But I mean, obviously, he's going to be switching over from something that. Uh, is currently not very successful to to basically the keys to the literal kingdom for sure mm-hmm. to the magic kingdom we'll say um, definitely if I were in his situation um, I would be following Bob Iger around with a notebook for sure oh yeah mm-hmm. because obviously uh, under Bob Iger's watch Disney has blown up in a huge way I mean. It was under his purview that, you know, the Marvel superhero movies began, you know, became a thing. And, you know, the purchase of uh, 20th Century Fox. I mean, a lot of the big things that have happened for Disney and have made them juggernaut that they are at this point was under Bob Iger's watch. And so I would definitely say for the situation, you know, taking over, if I were taking over that, I would definitely be looking to get the recipe for the secret sauce for sure mm-hmm. but i i look at this you know now that like there was there was some uh some discussions now that we have uh 
sort of a changing of the guard, if that's going to affect how things go from now on. Kevin Feige has now taken over everything that, that has Marvel attached to it at this point, including the comic books. And we also recently had the head of DC Comics. He found out that overnight that he had gotten fired. And there's been all of this talk and all these <laughs> rumors that AT&T is looking to stop publishing DC Comics. Okay. So it's like, no, it's like, you know, the only way you would be able to see DC superheroes would be on the big screen. They're not going to do comic books anymore. Now, that's not been confirmed yet. Mm. But um, right now, and this is, here's the, uh, this is going to sound like I'm making a joke, and I'm not. I promise you I'm not making a joke. But since AT&T has taken over and dealing with the, you know, with the DC Comics, their new series overarching storyline is called 5G. Yeah. Okay. I, it sounds like I'm making a joke. I'm not. Mm -hmm. It's it's literally called 5G. And it's supposed to, uh, in the comics, it stands for fifth generation. So they're making some major changes to iconic characters. Like they're going to have an African-American as Batman. Okay. So they're making major changes. But one thing that they're saying is that if 5G doesn't pan out, they're just going to stop publishing comic books for DC, period. Mm. And not saying that I, I have a problem with an African-American Batman. However, some people might. And you know how fanboys get when things aren't like what they're used to. Mm -hmm. So to put everything on this one storyline to say that it's, it's all or nothing at this point worries me to some degree. And so with all of this news that's swirling around right now, I wanted to post a question to you because, I mean, we all know that everything runs in cycles. You know, you have your highs and then things are going to drop off. Things don't, they don't peak and then just stay there. You know, everything works in cycles. And I'm wondering if we're not starting to see the decline of geek culture because, I mean, starting in the mid to late 90s, geek culture has been on a rise for sure. And we've certainly... You know, now that we're getting Marvel movies that, I mean, the most successful movies in Hollywood have Marvel attached to them at this point. And I'm wondering if we're not crested at this point and things are going to start to decline. Because, I mean, eventually it will. But I'm wondering if we're not now starting to see uh, the beginnings of that. I mean, at this point, you know, everything definitely seems, you know, all roses at this point. But And I don't know if DC is necessarily going to be is going to be the beginning of that decline. I mean, DC's always, yeah, especially in the movies, have always had problems. We, of course, talked about that with Birds of Prey, uh, the Harley Quinn movie, which you know, which I thought was a, a much better movie than they've put out in a long time, but it didn't do well at all. So if the movies aren't going to do well, and the possibility that DC cuts the comic side of it out, I mean, that, what's left, honestly? as far as DC stories. And the thing about it too is, and we talked about this on the podcast months and months ago about how they picked up the DC offices out of New York and moved them to Burbank and where Warner brothers was micromanaging the comic side of everything because it, you know, they were looking at part of the problems they thought with the movies was because the comics weren't really tied into the movie side of things and didn't reflect the movie side of things, which Honestly, they needed to look at look at it from the other direction, I thought. That they needed to make the, the movies more like what people remember from the comics. But I wonder about this. And, I mean, I certainly worry about it 
too. The way I kind of see it, you know, I don't remember a time when I didn't love Star Wars and the people around me didn't love Star Wars. Mm -hmm. So, like, as far as geek culture, I don't, I think that's just culture now. I don't think, like, it's, you know, this one one thing that's, you know, all by itself anymore, that these are always going to be a part of of our world, you know, like uh, cult movies, you know, they they have a culture around them. And that's mm. I mean, it's we can we can give it names like geek culture. We can give it names like, you know, sci fi or horror or genre or anything. It's just it's just going to be a part of our culture and that, you know, we're always going to you know, everyone's just going to know about it. That's just going to be the hu- human culture, you know, as before, I guess it was more like cult, you know, only select few right. really, you know, were like, okay, uh, The Hobbit. At one point of time, The Hobbit, Lord of the Rings, very few people, you know, people who played Dungeons and Dragons, you know, they knew about it. Now, Everyone knows what a hobbit is. Everyone knows what an orc is. You know, we know the one ring to rule them all. And these are things that everyone is, it's just a part of culture now. Sure, at one point in time, it was a niche little bit of people. And then it becomes phenomenal. Just everyone, everyone knows about it now. You know, uh, just like Shakespeare, one point in time, it was the Elizabethan equivalent of South Park. And now it has just become part of our culture. We study it in school. And now we're starting to study films in school. But, well, I mean, we've been doing that for years. But now we're looking at, you know, comic books like honest literature. And, you know, Sweeney Todd was just one of those penny dreadful little serial novels that you picked up for a penny on, you know, the streets of London. And then they put those together. They made a great story. And then they made it into a musical phenomenon that was, you know, Tony Award winning. And now, you know, like if you're into theater, you know, you know, Sweeney Todd. If you're into opera, you know, Tosca. These are just a part of the world now that's yeah. the world that we know now so as far as like a decline i think it's just becoming a part of the norm yeah. i don't think it's like popular and unpopular it's just the norm now yeah. so what you're saying is you figure the cat's out of the bag there's no no real going back no we're not going to put the the toothpaste back in the tube <laughs> if someone if someone doesn't get a reference to the one ring you know if someone doesn't understand may the force be with you they are the oddball now. Yeah. So it's this part has overcome the the minority. You oh, know? yeah. Uh, well, I, I certainly do see the point of that. I also also know that when something can become very popular, you know, any kind of, a, you know, civilizations and, and all of this, is that it, it can, you know, it either kind of dies off or becomes so big that it, it stratifies and it becomes kind of dead in that way as well so but like i said pretty much everything goes goes into cycles my my main worry of course is especially now that there is because there is so much material out there just on television Mm -hmm. you know obviously you can't watch it all and i it's it has surprised me in a real sense how how often i bail on a show that that five to ten years ago i would have given more of a chance to if my friend Kevin Polly hears this, allow me to apologize ahead of time for <laughs> this. But he's a big fan of Letterkenny, and I decided to give it a try. And I watched three episodes of it. Mm-hmm. And after the third episode, I was like, "Okay, I get what joke they're telling because they've already 
told it three episodes worth of this joke, I get it. Mm-hmm. So I just bailed on it at that point. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, I get the joke that they're telling. Now, keep in mind, I'm the same person who watched all the episodes every season of Trailer Park Boys, okay? Which is very, you know, Canadian trailer park. So it's it's pretty much the same kind of show. Mm, nah, but after three episodes of Letter Kenny, I bailed on it. Mm-hmm. You know, this is a different world that we live in. You know, there's just so much stuff out there. I mean, you can't possibly watch it all. And I mean, I'm sitting in a restaurant with a friend over the weekend and somebody I know walks by and recommends a show to me. It's like everybody's talking about, have you seen? And mm-hmm. nine times out of ten, probably you haven't. Yeah. Because there's just way too much stuff out mm-hmm. there. I mean, honestly, at this point, if everybody is throwing, you know, especially in, in for geek culture stuff, everybody's throwing out everything they can throw out there for sure. But things can't just be good. They've got to be spectacular to break through the, uh, you know, all the uh, noise because there's a lot of noise to signal out there right now. And I mean, we've been talking about the whole thing with the streaming, the streaming wars, we we started calling it. But uh, there's just so much stuff out there. You, I mean, you can't possibly watch it all. And it's like uh, very often some people will even get a little bit offended if you haven't watched one of their favorite shows. They're like, oh, you've got to watch this show. And it's like, when am I going to have time to watch this show? You know, I don't know. I have got like, you know, I got my Stranger Things friends and then I've got, you know, my Doctor Who friends and the Walking Dead friends so that, you know, I, I know who who I need to talk to. You know, at one point in time, I had my Game of Thrones friends. So and some some people who just didn't watch those. So I would talk to them about that. And you kind of you kind of have to put your, uh, you know, put all your friends in the in the right categories. Yeah, you got to sort them. I guess it's like how other people, you know, talk about football when I'm around. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm I'm not in this group. Yeah, so go I'm not ahead. part of this conversation. Mm-hmm. Coming to Stranger Friends, um, uh, Stranger Things, I should say. I'm a huge fan of Stranger Things, right? Mm-hmm. I still haven't seen anything after the first season. Mm-hmm. I just haven't had time. And it's like yeah. I'm starting to fall behind in all of it. But I love Stranger Things. I love the first season. I loved yep. everything about it. Uh, but I haven't watched any of it afterwards. But there's just there's just so much stuff, you know. And of mm-hmm. course, we talk about episodes of TV that we're watching. To you know, the the both of us watch. But I mean, that certainly is just a, a sliver, minuscule fraction, a, a sliver of everything that's mm-hmm. out there for sure. Yeah, I mean, there's just so much material out there. I mean, in a sense, and I'll, right now it feels like we're we're just being inundated with it. But like I said before, I mean, this stuff, you know, goes in cycles. Mm-hmm. And because of the fact that there's just so much stuff out there, even really good stuff might, you know, be overlooked because there's just oh, so many hours in the day, you begin to wonder, you know, how much of this stuff is going to start to die out because then you start looking at ratings and things like that. In fact, before we start talking Doctor Who, we, of course, we have to mention quickly that uh, there was that news article that popped out because people were wondering because Doctor Who, especially this last season, the ratings have been plummeting right. for mm-hmm. it. And people have been wondering, are they going to put Doctor Who to rest? Are they going to stop making, are they going to stop production of yep. Doctor Who? <laughs> and the BBC was like, no, we're, nope. we're going to keep it going. Mm-hmm. So don't worry about it. But the thing about it is you do have to look at that, that, you know, rating. Despite all the, the hate, uh, hate and flaming that they're getting from the Geek Watch podcast uh, concerning Joe Hill. So I'm yeah. sure they're listening to us and oh, thinking, man, we made a huge mistake. <laughs> we need to rethink that. 
Oh yeah, I'm 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 sure that was completely on their mind mm-hmm. for sure. But yeah, you, I I wonder this this is definitely going to be something to keep an eye out for and to, and to watch as as things develop. Like I said, I I wouldn't say that uh, by you know this time next year we're going to be uh, the knitting uh, knit watch podcast, mm. or you know we may be <laughs> you know we Great. might throw that in there, but uh, we're all um, geeky about something. Yeah, we all be proud of yours. That's right. But uh, it's definitely going to be worth uh, keeping our eyes out and see how this develops. But since we did bring up Doctor Who, yeah, we're going to have to talk about this uh, first part of the uh, two-parter. Series finale. Right. Mm -hmm. Now, did you see the one before that? No. Mm -hmm. No. So, well, I talked about it a little bit on Mm -hmm. the the last show, of course, uh, with uh, Byron Shelley and uh, and how the... uh, the, the lone last, cyberman, the lone cyberman mm-hmm. uh, gets this uh, this AI, this cyberman AI, and uh, takes it to the future and is planning on bringing back the uh, the cyber empire and destroying everything else. So they're going they're going uh, cold Dalek on this one. So, but you have seen this one. Mm-hmm. And uh, so what did you think so far? It's definitely better than, you know, the last one that I saw, which was Praxis. And, you know, of course, I uh, defecated all over that and will continue to and uh, complain about. But it was much better. I still feel like this was sort of the same story that we've been getting. You know, half the team goes to this place, half the team goes to that place. And we have to either find, you know, an object or we have to get something, uh, documents or something, and then come together at the end to, you know, save the day. So that's kind of kind of like the same episode that we've had, I feel like. Yeah, well, I, I certainly understand mm-hmm. uh, you thinking that way for sure. And, and, and parts of that, I certainly uh, sympathize with for sure. One thing that, uh, of course, we got that little surprise at the end, which honestly mm-hmm. wasn't that much of a surprise no. for Mm-mm. me. Not necessarily because, you know, I knew what was exactly what was coming, but... Uh, you kind of saw it coming. Yeah, I mean, well, it's... part of it, too, is that when I look at, especially in the, with Capaldi, I mean, there were a couple of moments where this, in the Capaldi era where the Cybermen showed up, and when they did, the Master wasn't that far behind. Hmm, okay. So, so it's like the Master and the Cybermen, for some reason, have been tied together hmm. through, you know, recent history, and so... Whenever I see the Cybermen involved, I wonder when the Master's going to show up. Yeah, well, it always the, tends to. the Master has this uh, disdain for humanity, and Cybermen need humanity. So yep. it could be. Well, I mean, linked. the thing is, we, I mean, definitely, um, like I said, you haven't, you haven't seen any of the Capaldi episodes. Nope. So, yeah, definitely the Master was, has dealt with the Cybermen, uh, the Cybermen and have used them for his, or in this case, her own mm-hmm. needs. And so, um, well, we got a bit of back to the master before with the flying Cyberman heads wasn't oh, yeah. unlike the Toclophane. Yeah, I, that's exactly. So, yeah. I thought the same mm-hmm. exact thing that, right. yeah, and technically that they were like Toclophane. They mm-hmm. were because if they're uh, drones, they probably have human heads in them. And yep. just like, mm-hmm. exactly. Just like the Toclophane. Mm-hmm. That, and that, that did occur to me when I was watching mm-hmm. it. I mean, John Sims, the yep, John Sims, the John uh, Sims. master. Yes. I mean, obviously, they're getting ready to develop this the whole thing with the uh, Timeless Child. And, and, of course, the next episode is called The Timeless Children. Mm-hmm. So, 
apparently we're going to, um, in this next episode, we're going to see what happens. We're going to get the secret. Apparently, we're going to find out exactly what it is uh, going on. Mm-hmm. And according to Chris Chibnall, we're going to be wrung out and just exhausted by the end of this, which I, right. which may be good, may be bad, mm-hmm. because I always feel like, and we've talked about this before, you know, the wrestling term hot shotting, hot shotting mm-hmm. a territory that that um Stephen Moffat was really bad for doing in his, you know in his tenure as showrunner that it feels like Chris Chibnall's been doing a bit on this this season after this weekend and this episode you know the the end of the two parter i mean we don't get doctor who again until april of 2021 yeah so you far know. away yeah it's pretty far away and so you know where do they go from like i said yeah you know, and we talked about this before the danger of hot shotting in storytelling is where do you take it after mm-hmm. that? You know, where where do you go from there once you've done it? And so this major secret, you know, whether, you know, however it's revealed, it's going to be, you know, as long as we're imagining what it is, it's going to be worse. It's easily going to be worse than whatever they come up with. We have this whole development coming up. Now, we had what seemed to be a secondary story running through this entire episode, this, in, this issue with Brandon, the abandoned child in ireland who almost dies but comes back like jack harkness did mm-hmm. like he does and apparently got his mind wiped mm-hmm. you know for some reason yep and that headgear that they put on him it looked like they were it looked very similar to electroshock therapy but it also looked a little bit like a chameleon arc Okay. Which we've seen mm-hmm. this season for sure, but also, of course, are familiar with in the tenant, the uh, the tenant during that series. Of course, right. the inter- the reintroduction of the master involved uh, the chameleon arc as well. So, so what exactly is going on with that? I mean, obviously, it it's going to tie into the timeless child and this next episode, but how it does, there's no telling yet. We shall see. Yeah, I guess we we definitely will, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of questions, certainly, and you know, being a two-parter, there was a lot to you know to to digest, and a, a lot of the questions hopefully will be answered the next season or the next uh, show uh, at the end of the season, and I guess we'll find out for sure. But uh, uh, we didn't just watch that because we also had Sunday night, yes, <laughs> what the dead. So that's starting up mid-season premiere. Yes. Uh, last show, I talked about uh, the S rating that was going to be on the show, and uh, yeah, and I didn't say exactly what I thought was going to happen. Although I did have uh, trepidations, and I didn't, I didn't say it because I didn't want to put that uh, that out into the universe. But I, I did, for some strange reason, figure out. I thought to myself, what would be like the most messed up thing you could do with an S rating, and I came up with it. And then two seconds later made it even worse by thinking to myself, well, it would be worse if Alpha didn't take her mask off. Surprise. Yeah, son of a bitch. <laughs> so, I thought it was hilarious. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, true, definitely true. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, I had my helicopter moment. I, I completely predicted that uh, mm-hmm. this whole thing. And uh, I was like, oh, here it comes. Oh, boy. You know, the thing about it is I'm like... In a world where condoms are harder to find, <laughs> you know, and when you're dealing with Alpha, who's who has questionable. She's a cult leader, yeah. and we know what all cult leaders do. Yeah. 
and she has questionable hygiene, both physical and mental. So I'm thinking, you know, this this is a moment where a condom is absolutely necessary. In fact, I would have went with two. The second one, would I would have pulled over my head and suffocated <laughs> myself to death. So I don't know what Negan's up to. Yeah. But uh, that, yeah, that was one of those moments. If you go online and uh, uh, like on YouTube and watch reaction videos, <laughs> it's just fun to fast forward to that moment and watch people's eyes just get really big. And go, uh-huh. This is not going to happen. They're not, they're not going to, oh, God, they are doing this. They really are doing this. Yeah. So you had that. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, of course, a lot of people, and I was one of them, I have to say, really complained about a lot of the the, um, the scenes that were shot in the cave. Mm-hmm. The people who watched uh, Game of Thrones had a point of reference to complain about it because they said, just like uh, the, the night battle, I think it was Winterfell, mm-hmm. they said... Uh, it was shot so dark you couldn't see what the heck was going on. Well, they right. did the same thing, you know, in here. And um, there was a lot of times when I just could not see what the heck was going on, and mm-hmm. that made that made it really difficult to uh, mm-hmm. to watch in some aspects. And uh, I usually well, I watch. That's one thing that I was really. I mean, since the prison, I think this was some of the best set work that we've seen on The Walking Dead. Yeah, when we it's, could see it. When you could see it, yeah, and. It was in me. I mean, I was kind of panicking from claustrophobia. And oh, yeah. they did a great job at making those little openings and trying to squeeze through and having this idea. You know, every every opening they had to squeeze through, everything they had to crawl through just kept getting smaller and smaller. And I just kept waiting. It was like, someone's not going to be able to fit through. And yeah, well, there we were. Yeah, I had a feeling were. that was going to be Jerry. Yeah. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, dude. when things were starting and, to get cramped, I was like... Oh, Jerry's oh, yeah, and, bad for and him. like if, uh, before they even started, I was like, you know, you need you need to take off that gear. You need to take you know lube up if you can, squeeze through all that stuff. And oh, yeah. uh, well, there's a they... there's a movie it reminded me of a horror movie called The Descent, which is um, you know a, a bunch of uh, cavers. They go into a cave and uh, they run into some monsters down there and. Uh, but there's a lot of those moments where that's real. It's a very claustrophobic movie because mm-hmm. they're crawling around, you know, in these really narrow areas of uh, you know this cave system, and um, I, I really felt like the descent was a lot of the motiv- was a lot of inspiration. I would say for this episode because yeah. it felt a lot like that. Mm-hmm. I was glad that not everyone got out at the end because I did feel like that was going to be you know Deus ex machina. Everyone everyone lives. Uh, so we still have that sort of cliffhanger going on that will kind of carry us through to the end of the the season. So we have that to worry about, and I I like that. So yeah, well, I like the fact that they they left that ambiguous. Mm-hmm. So we I mean we don't know if they're still alive. Probably are, but uh, there's no telling. But they left it they left it ambiguous. Now of course Carol's been having a, a, a terrible time of it for sure. I mean mm-hmm. over the last few episodes you could tell you could see she was coming apart yeah she's going crazy morgan on us yeah she she definitely is mm-hmm. and you know she's it's it's finally this whole you know lone ranger situation that she found herself in has really come back to bite her on the on the backside this time and um of course you know we remember how, how messed up she was you know back at back at the prison you know sometimes that happens you know um even when you wind up advancing yourself, you know, and growing as a person, sometimes you do fall back into old habits. And she, you know, the grief, you know, grief of losing Henry made her basically revert back to those 
those old habits of I'm going to take care of this myself. I can't count on anybody else. I'm going to take I'm I'm going to deal with this. Um, which, you know, was a, has been a strength for her for a long time, but it could also be a weakness. And in this case, it was a major weakness and it, it's cost her in a, in a huge way. So it will be interesting to see how this develops over the course of the season. But, you know, we're about ready to lose Michonne permanently. You know, we're not going to see her a lot in the, in this season, this half season, as I understand, but we will get some sort of an ending to her story. But yeah, and there's rumors about other things that are going to happen over the course of this half season. But, uh, you know, we'll definitely keep an eye out and watch uh, watch the show and we will see what happens. So definitely. So with that said, we come to the end of episode 102. Thank you for listening and tune in next time for the latest in geek news and views with the Geek Watch podcast. From Andy Patrick, this is Brian Hatcher reminding all the geek watchers out there. We're all geeky about something. Be proud of yours. See you next time. Thank you for listening to the Geek Watch Podcast. If you enjoyed this program, don't forget to like and subscribe on your preferred platform and share this podcast on your social media. For links to all the ways you can listen to the Geek Watch Podcast, as well as leave comments and suggestions, visit our website at geekwatch.net. The Geek Watch Podcast is a Hanging J production.